This is a scripture from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds and the domestic animals and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that will never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of God for the people of God. If Dashboard Jesus can get us safely home from tour, he can get us safely out of this. I'm going to start with a third reading. Enter Chorus. It is a period of civil war. The spaceships of the rebels striking swift from base unseen have gained a victory or the cruel galactic empire now adrift. Amidst the battle, rebel spies prevailed and stole the plans to a space station vast, whose powerful beams will later be unveiled and crush a planet, tis the Death Star blast. Pursued by agent sinister and cold now, Princess Leia to her home doth flee, delivering plans and a new hope they hold of bringing freedom to the galaxy. In time so long ago begins our play in star-crossed galaxy far far away. Friends, this is most certainly not the word of God. And just so that you can pay attention to the rest of the sermon, because I know you're wondering how this turns out, just one more. Enter the stormtroopers. I prithee speak, how long hast thou these droids? Tis three, or mayhap four full seasons. We're prepared to sell them, shouldst thou wish. Now is the force to noble purpose used, not as the Sith employing it to smite, hath through the dark side rank the force abused. Good Obi-Wan shall use the force for right. Pray, show me now thy papers. Nay, thou dost not need to see his papers. Nay, we do not need to see his papers. True it is that these are not the droids for which thou searchest. Aye, these are not the droids for which we search. And now the lad may go on his merry way. Good lad, prithee, go thy merry way. Now get thee hence, get thee hence, get thee hence, and the stormtroopers exit. Sorry, it may have just been me, but I would have been wondering how we did these aren't the droids you're looking for. All of which, oh, no, got ahead of myself. Several years ago, right after this came out, Uh, Katie Himmon was still here, and we thought it would be a lot of fun to do a reading of Star Wars 
according to William Shakespeare, here in the Fellowship Hall. So I wrote, actually I wrote the author first, and then I wrote uh, Lucas uh, Films, to ask permission for us to, in a really small, limited way, uh, just do a, a little reading, not staging, nothing like that, just downstairs. And I received the most thorough rejection <laughs> I have ever received in my entire life. It was one full page, small letters, full page, of how we definitely could not, under any circumstances or for any reason, no matter whether we are for-profit or not, whether we were staging it or not, with costumes or not, in any way, read any part of this for any person, for any purpose, which means, in just a minute, the guys in the suits are going to show up to carry me out. And if they do, Katie, you're on to conduct Unclouded Day. All of which brings me to Noah. These are the jokes that happen when it's late at night, people. You're familiar probably with the story of Noah. Just briefly, in case you're not, uh, God decides that creation has gone too far astray to be saved and decides to wipe out creation with a flood except for Noah, Noah having found favor with God. So God warns Noah that the floods are coming and tells him to build an ark into which he's going to put basically all of creation that's going to remain. Noah does exactly this. The rains come just as God said. Noah puts all of the animals in the ark. The world completely floods. Everybody's killed except the inhabitants of said ark. And then the waters begin to recede. Noah gets out of the boat. When Noah gets out of the ark, God has a conversation with Noah, and part of that conversation was our scripture this morning. Now, if you're wondering what Star Wars has to do with Noah, other than the word no, it's this. Attorneys are really skilled at looking for what isn't said. They wrote me this really, really specific rejection so that I would not say, oh, well, you didn't say that I couldn't do it if I was a nonprofit, and then try to use that as some kind of a legal defense. So thinking about that, I was thinking about what did God actually promise? What did God actually promise? Did God promise there wouldn't be any storms? Did God promise there wouldn't be any floods? Well, let's see. I established my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. That's all God promised. And frankly, it's not very comforting because storms are scary. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was out in Arkansas. There is record flooding on the Arkansas River. It's inundating homes, uh, making people homeless, and there's way other, there are parts of the country beyond that. People have died. So clearly God is not saying that none of us will succumb to flood. And frankly, I was hoping for a little bit more out of God. I want the Jesus. We read that other scripture earlier before the youth choir sang, where Jesus is in the back of the boat and the storm comes up and the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, it's stormy and we're going to die because the boat's going to sink. And Jesus is like, okay, 
hang on, knock it off, and the storm quiets. That's what I want, God. When my life is stormy, I want to just be able to say, Jesus, come help me, and Jesus will go, okay, John's had enough, no more storms, we're done. That's what I want. But that's not what God promised. And so that leads me to question. I mean, it seems a little bit foreign and maybe, I don't want to say unimportant, but maybe unimportant here. What did God promise me? It kind of seems like God didn't promise me a darn thing. Just that, that humans or that the entire population of the world wouldn't be squashed. But what about me? Well, here's what I think the promise is. That humanity will overcome its worst and worst instincts. That we have that with inside us to do. That love will win. And that for every Good Friday, there will be a subsequent Easter Sunday. The promise God made to Noah, who had found favor with God, is eerily similar to a promise made to a young girl, you'll remember from Christmas time, who had also found favor with God. It's a promise of hope. The rainbow is a promise of hope fulfilled in Christ. And that very spirit that just last week we celebrated in this room with bluegrass and energy, that very same spirit empowers us to rise and fight. The promise of the rainbow is that true light cannot be overcome by the dark. And here's the thing about the true light. It shines brightest from our eyes and our hearts and our hands and our feet. And so, if you think about Noah's story and um, through the lens of Christ, the rainbow isn't, in the end, a promise to us at all. Looking at the rainbow through the eyes of Christ, the rainbow is a promise that God will keep through us. In other words, we are the instrument by which God will keep the promise that humanity will overcome the worse and the worst. But how can we do that? Well, we can embrace love and peace and forgiveness, all those things that Paul said were the fruit of the Spirit. And we can reject hate, and we can resist evil in all the forms in which it presents itself. We can go on the road for a week, and we can sing every day to people who just need a little bit of love. We can sing at children's hospitals and we can sing at nursing homes and community centers and fire stations. That's how we can fulfill God's promise. 
And when it gets hard, when the storms blow, and they will blow again, it's the only thing that's certain. We can remember always that the storms will pass over. And that at the end of the day, love will shine through. Amen.